right, welcome in live to Under Review. This is Stephen and Cole. We're a little bit different today. I don't want to point here. You're really right here. Um, but uh, this is Stephen and Cole. A little bit different today. Zoom. Uh, we got uh, derailed by some, uh, some naters, as we call it down here. Uh, but we are doing it live for the or not live. We're recording it for the people. We still got to get us out there, Cole. We can't. We can't let it let it slide. We can't get a week. We're trying it. to. We're trying to every step of the way. There's just so much to talk about, Steve. We're like, we can't let some weather keep us down. We got to talk I mean, about stuff. There's too much news. I mean, me and you, I got the fireplace. I wanted to feel at home as soon as, um, like we normally have. Um, but, you know, there's too much. Even I mean, we're a college football show, Phil. There's too much college at the end football of the day. news going on right now. So why don't you tell us? the latest is going on in, in our in our home state when you tell us the latest is going on you know it, it's a good thing Stephen, that the basketball team is doing what it can to distract <laughs> auburn fans from just the absolute turmoil that's going on with the football oh program right gosh. now just in the news for all the wrong reasons so it's announced this week that brian harson is going through a little bit of a pickle with the athletic program as far as kind of the overall look on National Signing Day this week, they had zero signees. I know they had a lot in the early signing, but obviously none this week. We had a lot of transfers coming out this week. And obviously, of course, you know, the, the news broke out about Austin Davis. He is out now as offensive coordinator for Auburn after only serving for a month. Hasn't even coached a down for Auburn. And now you look at the perception around the program with Brian Harson it is announced this week about possibly a little bit of a scandal going on. Uh, and, and we don't really know what to think of it. It's just rumors right now, Stephen. We don't really know what to think about it. And that's really, I mean, that's all we can go is just based off the optics. And really what's happened with all this with Brian Harson is really based around optics is how has this looked from the outside with six coordinators? Is it six or five coordinators now that I have think, went out the door? I think it's five coordinators. I think I saw a tweet. It was, uh, it was he had six wins and five coordinators. <laughs> I, it's hard to explain. And of course, and I know of that, course we have, a, what was the, their defensive coordinator? He went to Oklahoma State. Uh, Derek Mason. Derek Mason, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right. he loses both coordinators. Obviously, he replaces them. We talked about it a little bit on our show that we came back with about how it's more of a, a Boise State feel now, how he was kind of getting back to that, uh, those grounds instead of going more SEC there. Uh, obviously, it doesn't work. Like you said, Austin Davis out, Derek Mason. Not a bad thing. He's going to take a, a new job, so it wasn't like a, he's just quitting. Right, it's not, it's not there. necessarily, you know, yeah. There's a he's lot coming of, from the NFL, so. Right, correct. And he kind of, uh, I don't know if you read his statement, he just said he wanted to take a break from football in general is what it sounded like. So it was more of a, I didn't sound like a, a detriment to Harson as much as the other things. I do want to talk about, I, I'm, I'm kind of connected uh, via a friend through these Auburn message boards. And let me tell you, they're wild right now. It is, it is the wild, wild west up in there. There's everything happening. If everything you're on Twitter and Facebook, man, Auburn social media has been going crazy this I, I, week. It's wild. It's been a have, just roller coaster. We have people taking hearts inside. We have people saying, what are we doing? Alan Green is, is crazy for hiring him in the first place. We obviously have boosters. I call them the Pat Dye boosters, you know, the, the older, mm -hmm. older boosters kind of side saying like they never wanted him in the first place. That's why they're trying to kind of build Get your mom and pop Auburn fans. Right. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. They're, trying to kind of, they're trying to get him out. They're trying to build a case, obviously, to where they don't have to pay him because they have to pay him $9 million a month from when they fired him. So if they fired him tomorrow, they would have to pay him $9 million a month from then. And they also have $9 more million to pay over like the next uh, few quarters. So it wouldn't be a, a $9 million check. If they fire him, it's a $9 million check a month from now without call. That's without call. So these old boosters are trying to build a, a cause here. And uh, Cole, I just want to touch on these rumors really quick. I don't know if you've heard them all. 
Um, from what I, I have, heard, what I've heard, uh, so the the big one, I think, is that uh, he has a mistress. I think that's the big one. I think that's, that's, the, that's like yeah. I think yeah, he, uh, what it was being said is he hired a. I, I guess he was like a special assistant or something like that. Um, and that's who he she was from. Had. Boise State, too, correct? I believe so. That's what I've. That's my understanding. I'm not not too deep into message boards. I think if you go too deep there, you lose your brain a little bit. You I want to tend to go brain. down the rabbit hole a little bit. You get some <laughs> misinformation for sure. You can't. And, and, yeah. and I do want to point out before we go any further, these are all rumors. Now, nothing just has been confirmed. Strictly rumors. This is nothing I think that, that it's, it's factual. I think that it's interesting just to touch on these rumors, though, if nothing else, uh, because the message boards, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, uh, so if nothing else, at least one of, there's there's too many rumors for at least one of them not to be true. Uh, and then, of course, I think there was. And this some, would not be the first time we've seen this in college football either, and, and no. not even in this in the SEC in this division. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think I think it's so. Uh, so I, I do want to point out. I think you can always be an, a coach again if you have an affair. Like it's not it's not your end of your coaching career. Some of the other rumors, though, where he's treating players like dogs. I don't know if you saw Lee Hunter, a former uh, four star defensive lineman. Oh yes, I saw that. Yeah, yes. puts on Instagram said that you know Coach Harson for what he is, he's a he's a decent enough coach, like football coach, uh, but he's not a good person. Uh, and then he because he cares a lot about winning but just not, doesn't yeah, create maybe a, a very good environment for the players, according to the Lee personnel, yes, I right. saw that. He said, I said saw he treated them, treat them like dogs, is how he stated yep. it. Uh, but then if you look on Twitter, you have several Auburn players that are currently there. A lot of alumni, yeah. Yeah, defending you're coming to his defense. Yeah. yeah, defending him. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's a he said, he said, you can't really take anything from that. It's one, it's one recruit that got out. He probably didn't like the way he didn't get enough playing time or something like that. I don't, Absolutely. I don't really and you like have that. that. You have that a lot. Yeah. Right, right. And then I did hear, so uh, I think me and you both listened somewhat to the next round. I heard them saying that there was some, some racist rumors going on, which I hadn't actually heard. They wow. had just stated that there were no, rumors about that. Now, I don't know what the, the, the point of that rumor, like how that came to be. But obviously, I think you can right. coach again if you have a mistress. You can coach again. You can coach again if you are, are a little bit harsh on players. You know, if you're a little tough on them, a little tough love. You're always oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I don't, I don't think you can ever coach again if you have racist, uh, you know. Yeah, and, and see, on. that's the thing. How, how would they be able to prove that? And 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 that's where this all gets into because what I think what has happened here, Steve. You want my honest opinion? I think that you're right. I think that someone has rubbed, that Brian Harson has rubbed somebody in the administration, some of these players, in the wrong way. And it has just been like a just a web of just rumors that have come out, and people have just felt like if they didn't like him or if they didn't like the way he was doing things. Because I've, I've also read a lot on these message boards where Brian Harson does not run the Auburn program like some of these past coaches where they've been kind of soft, right. kind of been yes men, kind of been players coaches. Brian Harson's very I much. Mean, I mean, that, that, that four star kind of saving like. Kind of saving like. Like, I'm not going to take no crap from you. So yeah, I think that's kind of rubs people the wrong way. And so I think that's kind of how this kind of word vomit, as I would call it, has kind of just came out of people's mouths and are trying to start some things about him. And I don't believe, I don't believe some of this stuff, maybe some of it is true, but then again, maybe it all isn't true. And it's all just tr them trying to try and stir some stuff up with Brian Harson as he's trying to get some kind of success at Auburn. So I, I'm you not know, sure. I, I will say I heard from an Auburn insider today. Um, I forget who, I think he just writes for writes about Auburn for on three sports. Uh, he was saying that he thinks Harson's a very competitive guy. He's not going to be a back down guy. Uh, he's going to say, you know, hey, all this stuff is happening. Because, you know, a lot of people said even 
even if he doesn't get fired, does he even want to stay in the situation that he's in right now? You know, like it's so the situation is so yeah. boiled over. There's so much yeah. news about it. There's so much talk about it. Would you even want to be in the situation? He said that Brian Harson to him has the personality of somebody that's going to stick around. Uh, he's going to say, look, I have this mentality. I want to win football games. I want to build something here. Fire me if you want to. But until then, I'm going to keep working kind of thing. Um, which I think he, he does, from everything I've read and heard about him, he does kind of have that mentality. Com- competitive guy, uh, really wants to build something in general. And obviously when you're building something and Auburn has not been good, uh, we can we can argue since 2013, maybe 2014, 20, uh, 2010, whatever whatever you want to say. Let's say the past seven years, they haven't really been good. Now to Six break to eight wins, pretty much, yeah. To break something down and really get them to the next level, you're going to hurt some people's feelings. You're going to get in people's, you know, bad sides. You're going to do that to build a Absolutely. winning program. It's, it's yeah. whether the, you know, the boosters and the higher ups are ready for that kind of renovation or not. Um, so I honestly, I, I don't know, you know, there's probably at least one of these rumors are true. He's probably hard on his players. He might have a mystery. I really don't know. Um, that's just everything I wanted to kind of get that on the table. I'm right now, I'm kind of on Parsons' side. I think that maybe he's trying to build something here. Uh, obviously, I think that if you, did I go blurry? There we go. I think that, Camera just I, went out of focus on it. That's all good. Happened. I think that if you really look at it, it's because he went on that losing streak at the end of the season. You know, they were six and two at one point, and then all of yeah. a sudden they lose. They lose their next five. You know, that's that's tough. And then I think if you, uh, their recruiting has not been the greatest. I mean, I think they're what like twenty fifth or something like that in recruiting. Maybe not good. Maybe yeah. not, not, not where they were. I mean, not, not to say that's bad, but just not where Auburn is accustomed to being. I would no. say they're not, it's not a pitiful recruiting class, but it's not no. the level that they're looking for. No, uh, not at all. And you can, you can make all. excuses, but you know, it, it definitely hurts that you don't get a, a signing on signing day. And oh, um, for sure. Yeah, no. Especially when you have Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, all these other teams <laughs> that are, you know, in your conference that are having such big national signing days oh 100% so, you know the, the craziest thing you know Harson's not Harson's not even you know in the states right now he's on vacation somewhere like, he's not even in yeah. the United States so I bet his phone is blowing up right now so I'm sure of- I'm sure this is this is going to take a few weeks to mull over I'm sure and whether somebody gets down to the bottom of what has happened and what has transpired over the last few days I don't know um but I, I'll say this Stephen if Brian Harson does remain Auburn's coach and this season with the games that he has in front of him, this is going to be a tough year. If we thought last year was tough on Auburn and, and it was at times, I mean, like you said, they got the six and two. They were actually, believe it or not, there was talk of them possibly winning the West last season. I mean, it's crazy to think about. They, they were one of the hottest teams in college football and people were actually thinking that they could make a run towards getting to the Iron Bowl and maybe even getting to the SEC championship game. But now you look at their schedule, you've got road games at Alabama, at Georgia, at Ole Miss. I mean, you've got to play Penn State at home. You've got to play LSU at home at Texas A&M. These are, I mean, Arkansas is no longer a gimme game. I mean, and all this distraction and all these expectations. And Alan Green has made it very apparent about, you know, with that lifetime contract to Bruce Pearl, he's now higher paid than Brian Harson. He's higher paid than the football coach. So what he's basically saying is, I need to see something from you before you get this kind of contract, this kind of love, this kind of attention, there are Auburn fans now, they're more loyal to Bruce Pearl than they are Brian Harson. Uh, and uh, hey, I, I can't I can't blame him. I can't blame him. You can't him right blame now. him. You can't. You can't blame him right now. But what where is the 
I guess what I'm asking is, is where, where where does Brian Harson go to earn that kind of respect back? Because now that his name's been kind of thrown through the mud this week. I mean, will wins during the season kind of amend that, or is it just simply just keep your mouth shut and just keep moving? I mean, well, I mean, we'll. I, I think time will tell. Honestly, I think Auburn was supposed to announce their new uh, president um, either today or really soon, maybe maybe Monday. Um, and then I, I've message boards are telling me that it, it, it's looking like that president is going to try and bring another uh, AD in. Okay. So I don't. I, Alan Green might have saved himself with the um, with the Bruce Pearl contract. Um, in all honesty, he might have saved himself that eight year deal, uh, keeping Bruce Pearl around and uh, securing him away from Louisville. Uh, well, again, time will tell. I think Alan Green rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when he hired Harson uh, when he was yeah. their fourth, their kind of their fourth choice is what I've heard um, from their football. I think we all heard that whenever he was hired that we said, you know, hey, it's an out of the box hire. It's Boise State. You know, we'll we'll see what's going on. Um, but yeah, I would be surprised if the new president doesn't doesn't at least try to um, see if there's another a different person rather than other than Alan Green out there. And then I'm assuming. Let me that ask you this. Will... Go ahead. Let me ask you this, Stephen. I, I just want to know what your opinion is. If you're Brian Harson, would you want to kind of address the media within the next week or two? Do you think I mean, Do you think that he should, or do you think, or do you think if you're him, you just kind of just stay low, lay low and just kind of just wait till spring practice starts up just get back to football in it, my opinion un- unless there is something that you feel like you should directly you know address which means that there is some truth to this fire you say nothing and you just stick to football you let the winds speak for themselves you get back to spring practice do what you do best and just get the fans focused on football do something that's going to get them stop focusing on what's going on here and focus what's going on on the field Right, and until then, well, I would just lay low. Unless, like you said, unless there is something that is something that he needs to say that he that you know is my bad, my fault, or whatever. Because a lot of people will respect that if you actually come out and address and just and admit to where you failed or admit to where, then people can forgive. But if you just act like nothing's happened, and then of course that truth does come out, then it looks it looks a lot worse. So yeah, as I say, if the smoking gun comes out and you don't say anything or you deny, and then the smoking gun comes out, that obviously looks way worse. I, I'll say this, Cole. I don't think right now he needs to say anything uh, because we're in the era of. I mean, this, this is all happened. This is all broken within 48 hours. Within you know, <laughs> this crazy. is not. This is not, nothing is confirmed either. It's not like this is nothing is like solid news evidence. I mean, there's been talk. Obviously, it's just been news, one thing after the other. It's crazy. I know. And when there's news reports, you know, from Auburn reporters about them looking at, you know, potentially moving on from Mars, and obviously it's something. Uh, but you know, it's what are you supposed to do if you're harsh? I mean, there's nothing you can say or do that will help your case. It's not I even football you, season; you're always getting criticized about things. I think, and, and you know, and to Auburn, I mean, this is the worst possible timing, the worst timing to find a coach. We just had so many coaches, big names, move. I mean, this past season, I mean, the biggest job openings I think at simultaneously ever in college football history happened last year. And then oh, yeah. you have all, and you have all these big names still looking for jobs last year. But hey, they're mostly all gone. <laughs> so they're all gone. Now. This yeah, is not right. a time to look for a head coach. So the terrible timing. I don't think you say anything if you're hard, and you just you just trudge along. You know, maybe in a week or two, you let it all. You know, kind of every everything kind of slide down a little bit. If you need to, if the school thinks you need to, if you think you need to do it for your players, 
if you need you need to you know make yourself look a little bit better for you know just the public eye and the college eye for recruits in the future whatever that may be you know looking looking forward if you need to do that in a week or two do it i think that's a good move i think you let it you let it you let it ride for a little bit you know let's not address it within 48 hours because you're probably going to say something stupid that they're just going to run off with and be like hey look he mentioned this in the press conference it's got to be true last thing and we'll move on um the the hot seat has got to be there starting game one next year of course uh, Steven, if you had to say on a scale from 1 to 10, how hot is Brian Harson's seat as far as going into that football season next year, as far as if he does only get to, let's say, six or seven wins again, how hot that, is that seat throughout so the year? So I think currently it's a 10 out of 10. If we're going, <laughs> <laughs> if we're going, if we're going games, I think you need to, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's a win-loss, to be honest. Um, I mean, obviously wins mean something. Um, I think it's showing improvement, showing that you're doing something, okay. you're moving. So you're competitive in games, like against you're Alabama, Georgia. You're competitive and you're moving the program in the right direction. Show us something offensively. You know, you showed us defense, and maybe that was just David Mason last year. We don't know. We'll see this year if he stays. Um, but but show us something offensively that you're, you know, is different. Show us that you can make, it looks like Zach Calzada is going to be the guy. It doesn't look like there's going to be any more transfers. Any, there wasn't any recruits. So it looks like the Calzado is your guy. Show us if you can do something with him. Because you know? surely they're not going to stick with TJ Finley, right? Right, right. So let's 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 show us if you can do something. I think to me, if I was an Auburn fan, that would be what I was looking for. Show me progression offensively. Show me that you can keep up with the defense that played so good last year. And and let's get some recruits in. Let's get some transfers in. Let's let's do something to push this program in the right direction. Because I think right now you're looking at something that can go very bad very quickly and then it's going to be a job nobody wants who wants to step into the role where they say hey after one year we're going to try and get you out if you're not our guy who wants that is that? not a job that I, many many coaches would take uh that is going to be a certain situation to keep an eye on not only during this spring but as it gets through the summer and the fall as is Stephen a situation that we now have to just kind of flame the rivalry that has been built up over the last couple of seasons between Saban and Coach Fisher. So Jerry Fisher made a made a made headlines with a statement. I can't even remember what this reporter asked Jimbo Fisher. I, I'm guessing it had something to do with the NIL, of course, because he right. gets going on, of course, about how supposedly there is a rumor that Texas A&M has kind of been shuffling the NIL in the faces of high school recruits to try and basically win them over. And which we all know is not how the NIL is supposed to be designed. It is supposed to be to help fund college players while they are in school, right. not to get them to come to the school. So obviously Nick Saban obviously said last season about Bryce Young already bringing in, what was it, what was it just a million in, I in endorsements? Said, I think he said over a million. I think he said over a million. Already so, got over a million. So obviously Jimbo Fisher obviously tried to drag Nick Saban into the mix <laughs> by saying well if Nick Saban says it everybody looks at it like it's okay but as soon as somebody else says it it's wrong it's basically I'm paraphrasing but that's right. basically what Jimbo Fisher said and then Nick Saban was very quick not verbally but through I, I guess it was, was just a statement that some reporter got from him but uh that basically that is not that is not the case of what he what, what Nick Saban did with Bryce Young. So. It's, it's crazy. So uh, I think that the first two kind of statements came, um, if you're 
like me and you have 16 billion ESPN notifications come through. Uh, I think the first two came through. Mr. Adam Schefter himself over here. I, I guess so. I'm Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter just has a direct line to my phone notification. That's all it is. Um, <laughs> I think that um, the first one I got was Lane Kiffin talking about how he doesn't like how NL, NIL is being used, that he thinks it's a good system, but he thinks that it is the wild, wild west, that it is everybody for themselves is who's got the most was money. Was Lane Kiffin not the one that, did he call out kind of things that are going on with Texas A&M originally? Was that kind of what happened? Because he was talking about how the state of Texas, there's no... Uh, Income tax or uh, state in, income tax? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The income was, wasn't he the one who originally kind of made this kind of statement re- relevant? Yeah, I'm not I can't sure. remember if it was him or if it was there was some coach that said it, and this was what spurred, I think, Jimbo Fisher to make those kind of comments to defend yeah, it because there has been a lot of people that's been scrutinized the fact that Texas A&M is the number one recruiting class for that national sign day well, is hey, because hey, they, they're saying because of the NIL, because they have all this money to shell out they got to that, these high they, school recruits. They got that oil money. They, got, they got the, the money. money. They got the oil exactly. money. Exactly. Because deal. everybody's in there. <laughs> well, because the point that everybody's trying to make is, is because how is Texas A&M, who's, I mean, let's let's face it. Let's, let's, let's call it like it is, Stephen. I mean, they've been an eight to nine win team pretty much since four, they've been in the SEC. Four or more losses in eight of the last nine seasons. I, I, so, so what is the explanation for how you all of a sudden have this class after an 84 season where you didn't make an appearance in the bowl game either because of obviously because of COVID issues we get all right. that, right. but your 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 program finally gets its staple win this year against Alabama in a in a game where let's face it we still can't explain how they won the game, uh, and then somehow you just get this number one recruiting class and it's like where did this come from? And I, I, so I think that can definitely raise some eyebrows, but Jimbo Fisher has proven that he can recruit with the big boys. It's not like Texas A&M necessarily came out of nowhere, but I get the scrutiny that they're putting under Texas A&M. And if there is some type of, I, I'm not sure how you monitor this NIL system. I, I said it from the beginning when they first introduced this, this was only going to make things harder for college football. It was not gonna make it easier. Now you have essentially, made it easier for people to get away with if, they, if these accusations are true towards Texas A&M. You've only enabled and made it easier for people to do this kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean, you're, I, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I think that me and you both feel the same way about NIL and transfer portals, I'm assuming. I don't, I don't think we've talked about it, but I think they're both great in what they are, um, in what they allow college players to be able to do. They allow, you know, players to move like coaches do. You know, say, hey, this coach moved, I was recruited by this coach, let me let me get out of this situation that I'm in. Or, you know, we see it with players, we've seen it several times where players just aren't in the right situation for whatever reason, they go to another Absolutely. school. Absolutely. And they're, they're booming, you know, they're booming. So yeah. we obviously want that. It's just there needs to be a period of time like uh, free agency in the NFL where this, is, this transfers happen. There's a transfer window. And then after that, there's no more transfers because, it, I mean, people don't know. I was reading an article, I think today, the high school coaches don't know what to tell their kids or college coaches coming in because college coaches don't even know how many scholarships they have because they don't know if someone's going to transfer or not. They're still waiting on that transfer. And then so we have that. And then we also have NIL just has to be re- regulated on a national scale because if it's not regulated, then you're going to have teams like Texas A&M who have all this oil money and all have all these alumni who have all this money. They're going to say, yeah. hey, you see Saban saying that you can go play for him. I'm saying you can make $100,000 for me. And they're going to say, well, deal. And you can't even blame the college kid. You know, it's $100,000. Duh, you're going to take that deal, you know? So it's like there has to be some kind of regulation in 
hey, NIL is not allowed in recruiting talks. You cannot tell them, they cannot have a deal until they're already committed, basically. Exactly, or until, 100%. Or until, you know, this, this amount of money is allowed to a player for recruiting. And that's it. And that's your, you know, you topped off. But come be, on, Steven, they'll, they'll, they'll find some way around. They'll find a loophole in that and, system and, too, and, as they know, always do. Come and, on and now. And so I'll backtrack a little bit. So Lane Kiffin and, and Saban kind of said the same thing. They were both like, I, lo- I like the transfer portal. I like the NIL. It's just the wild, wild west. It, it, there's no regulation. Everybody's taking advantage of it. And, and it is. It is. It, it, it's completely And then they're completely. correct on those statements. And, and Saban said, you know, he's like, look, people will say, at least you're doing it over the table now. He's like, we never did that. I never did that. That never happened. Take it what you will. I think everybody, to a certain extent, even Alabama fans are like, maybe they paid. We don't know. We'll see. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Never got found out. But... <laughs> I think that, I mean, they're completely right. And, and Jimbo, I, Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo. I don't know how he has his legs oh, stand on Jimbo. here. To, you know, I will say for to his credit, he recruited two number one classes while he was at Florida State. So he's done this before. Uh, yes. And one of them won a national championship. The problem is, Texas a has never had this amount of talent. You're recruiting against all these other players. You're recruiting against all these other teams. This is the first year that NIL has really played a part in recruiting this is the first year because last year was kind of after all the big recruiting gates right the nil kind of took place this is yes. the first year that this is nil has been fully on for this recruiting cycle i mean i read an article today called that this is potentially that, that espn writer is potentially calling this the best recruiting class ever in other words that you have so many five stars uh, yeah are you wise. serious? Now, this is not saying we obviously have to see the production, right? We don't know. Right, well, but, the best. but like on paper, on paper, on as far paper, as the stars on go. paper, because of the five stars, because of the defensive line, because of the athletes they have, this could potentially be. This is, the and best. this is not counting the transfer portal either. With Texas this is no, right? this, this is, is just, just strictly recruit. high school recruits. Strictly high school recruits. This is the best class ever. And I know, I know there were several people saying it's the best defensive line class ever, no doubt, because of the amount of talent they have. I think they have the number one interior defensive lineman, the number one defensive end, the number one out, outside linebacker, like every part of the defensive line you can want. They have the number one of all recruiting that. So I'm, I'm reading this right now on ESPN.com. You're, you're right. Football recruiting roundtable is Texas A&M's class the best ever. And and credit wow, credit to Jimbo. That's, you know, take advantage of the Wild West while you can. You know, <laughs> and if, this if is they, a team that Stephen finished fifth in the West Division last year. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. That's 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 why that's why I think Jimbo doesn't. Have a I guess that's why there's some eyebrows that are being raised right now. I guess, huh? I, what's going on? I, I, what's what's in the water there at Texas A&M? You know, Jimbo, what's, what's Jimbo going on? Have a I mean, now, now we did have we did have LSU uh, head coach Brian Kelly was dancing with a recruit that eventually flopped <laughs> to Alabama somehow. We're not sure how that happened, but you know. <laughs> What was the player's name? I can't remember what his name is. Oh, uh, gosh. It it's a, something it Lewis. Was it something Lewis? Hold on. I had it. But he, he of course, it, it's been made into so many memes now. It's hilarious to watch now. But, of course, Brian Kelly is dancing with this recruit. And it's it's, it's just so one. cringy and awkward and just weird. And Great. then just, I mean, a matter of weeks later, he commits to Alabama on Sunday. It's just... It's the, it's uh, the Danny, thing. Danny Lewis. Danny Lewis. Danny Lewis. Is it is it tied in, right? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Yes, so tied I, in. Speaking so of funny. Brian Kelly, I want to bring up another Brian to you. 
that's pretty pretty in the news right now. Oh man, hey, good transition there, Steve. I think you. you know, hey, this is why we do this game because we're good at transition. <laughs> uh, Brian Flores in the NFL will transition a little bit to some pro football because uh, that's where it looks like college football headed anyways, in, in the pro football way. Brian Flores has made some serious accusations in the NFL. We got to talk about this. We didn't happened. I think uh, I think it, it was announced on Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, that he's suing uh, the NFL. Yes. Uh, and, and he names three franchises, uh, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos. And essentially, uh, he called the Giants and the Broncos, or did he name another one after that, or was it just those three? I, I believe it was just those those three. Those three. Before I, before I announce it. Uh, so he essentially said the Giants and the Broncos were just interviewing him check a box to get to the Rooney rule. The Rooney rule, right. He essentially called him a little bit. There's some systemic racism going on in the NFL is what he yeah. stated. And then the, I think almost that that's not that's not the most shocking thing. That's obviously shocking. This is big news, but I think potentially could be bigger news that he states that Stephen Ross, the owner of the uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, good name Stephen, uh, he uh, offered a hundred thousand dollars per loss to Brian Flores for the 2019 season to tank. And that's what stuck out to me too. I I, I think look, we've had many many, I guess times where we've seen well maybe not many times but of the last few years we've seen some head coaches come out and kind of speak out towards the the need of the hiring of uh, black coaches in the nfl we've seen this but i think the thing that stuck out most is when he accused the dolphins of literally paying him to lose football games to literally tank it's crazy that is something that sticks with you you know i so i will say that i think that the uh, before we move on from the racism really quick i will say i think the rooney rule in theory, is a good rule, right? In theory, it is. No, hundred uh, percent. I just no, I don't agree. think it really works in practice because a lot of teams um, who have their hierarchy in mind, so they say, "Hey, look, Brian Dayball, he's our guy. He's our guy. We got to go get him. I want him for Giants." Yeah, that could be the Giants thinking. They're like, "Oh, we already know. Like, we already know." But because they already know, they still have to interview a coach of color because of the Rooney Rule. And so that ends up making the coach of, you know, whoever that might, maybe it's Brian Flores, say, well, now they're just interviewing me for no reason because they already have their guy that just check a box. It doesn't really work that way. And of course, you know. And, and that should be the case because Brian Flores is he's a great more coach. than qualified for the position. More uh, than qualified for head coach this league. Honestly, so, honestly, a great coach. It shouldn't have so, to be a rule for him to get an interview and get a, a job because he shouldn't get a job because he is I, more than qualified. I, I can, I completely 100%. agree. It's it's almost it almost makes you think if they took the rule away, what would that look like? Now I don't want it. You know how would that how would that work? Basically, would owners be would it make more more white coaches, or would it give the opportunity for black coaches to be able to interview with real merit? I guess. Right. And of course, before we move on to this, I gotta talk about Bill Belichick text messages all time, all time blunder <laughs> to be like congratulations and be like oh crap. I meant to take Brian Day, uh, uh, Brian Dayball, not you, wrong Brian. I mean, sorry wow. about that. What, what an all-time hiccup, right? Uh, have you seen the? Um, this is a verbal meme. So this is really good for podcasting. Uh, have you seen the meme of? Uh, it's the. Have you seen Parks and Rec? I have, yes. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's that, not, that's one Chris Pratt, right? 
Yes, yes. It's, it's Ron okay. getting his uh, his phone. Ron Swanson. Yes, and smashing it on because he thinks yep. the government's watching. That's that's uh, I think that's Bill Belichick after he sent that. He's just getting his phone and smashing it. He's like, look, I'm just never smashing it. Like, no oh technology. my god, how do I make this mistake? How do I no do more, that? No more technology. He's like, you know what? We're we're going old school. I'm sending a I'm sending a messenger. Which pitch, you would pitch. think Bill Belichick was really texting anybody. Anyway, you you think Bill Belichick used like a walkie-talkie phone or something I, like that to like communicate is, with people, right? He, Bill Belichick from now on is using messenger pigeon. Nothing else. Messenger pigeon or nothing. You know, that way there's no, you know, what you, you know, he's good. He's good but but go. now going back to the Brian Flores talk, though, I, I would like to say this because this, it was rumored to the Saints. I, I, I don't know if this for sure happened, but there was a, a report that the Saints did meet with Brian Flores to interview him in Mobile at the Pro Bowl. Right. Uh, I believe on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday one. Right. And my, my thing is, is if, if I'm a Saints fan, first of all, I think that's a steal because I think the Dolphins were stupid in the first part to even let go of this guy. I think that Brian Flores, because he's cut from the Bill Belichick tree, correct? Yeah, he is. He's that's a, what I'm saying. This guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I didn't know why you want to move off from anyways. And and let me just say this. If, if, it, if it isn't true, in fact, that he was paid to try or they were trying to bribe him to lose games, man, shame on the Dolphins organization because that is – that that's an Crazy. all-time low. And that's a Crazy. very respected organization and franchise. And I'd be very disappointed. And, and it, it, it's Stephen Ross. Is that, is that what you said? That's the, the only name, yeah, Stephen Ross. Man, you know, I, so, so not only is this implications obviously for the competitive nature of the NFL, uh, because you have teams trying to win or lose, trying to win their division, trying to make the playoffs, trying to do whatever. This has effects on hundreds of maybe thousands of people in the NFL franchises making millions of dollars. It also has, you got to look at the betting aspect because betting is so huge in the NFL now. I think Stephen Ross is even involved in a betting company. That, that is, that's... That's, that, gotta, that's a lot of legal me, stuff that you're messing that's with. That's what I'm saying. So the SEC could even get involved. This couldn't even yeah. be. This may not even be just an NFL thing. It could be a federal law thing. And yeah. so that's crazy as well. And then also, I think the like it's so hard if you're an NFL franchise to get an own like to get an owner out basically. So let, let's say let's use what's the um, <laughs> the commander's owner? What, what is his name? Uh, oh, uh, oh my gosh! And something. Dan Snyder? Is that yeah, Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder. So, a lot of it allegations. It actually took me a second, Stephen, for me to realize the commanders. I'm so used to being called the Washington <laughs> football team. So, when you said commanders, it actually did. So, so in case anybody didn't know this, let's just go ahead and break that. The Washington football team is now the Washington commanders. For anybody yeah. who didn't know that, they are the commanders now. So, they actually have a name. You know what's crazy? So, I, um, so, I heard they might be uh, handing out towels. You know what they would call them? Mm-mm. Got to be the 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 cum towels, right? <laughs> My gosh, <laughs> you're so bad. You're I mean, so bad. It's short. They're the commies, man. Right? The oh commies. my god. The okay. Commies. All right. All right. Back that's to your enough, point. Enough back joke. to your point. Uh, <laughs> it's so Good hard. Lord. So he's got. You're trying to get us canceled already. Dude. We're just trying to get under view on it. You're just already trying to get us canceled here. 2022. Come on. Good. It's too good. They, they threw it. You can't lob it up to me and not just don't call him like. I know. That, I, I, I kind of slow pitch softball. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Uh. No, anyways, Dan Snyder obviously got these allegations against him. Probably not a good guy, from what a lot of people are. You know, a lot of stuff out there. It would be almost impossible to get him to sell the team, like get him out as an owner, right? Even with all these terrible things he's done. 
I think what Stephen Ross did, if this is true, if this all turns out to be true, that could be the one thing that could get an owner out, could get another person to buy the Dolphins, could could you know move that trade. Broncos around. just recently went up for sale, correct? They're up for sale right now for about I think somebody said four billion. I mean, I think the report was four billion dollars. Yeah, because I think that um, there's an owner in uh, Utah, I think. Uh, or not an owner, but a, a billionaire in, you know, it's gotta be a billionaire in Utah that could potentially buy the Broncos and that would be the first uh, black owner of a franchise. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Um, wow. Yeah, I read that, this was like two or three weeks ago, so it could have changed by now, but that's that's the last thing I read about that. But yeah, so it could be very interesting to see how that moves along. I, I, so I think- before we move on, Stephen, I just wanna ask you, so if, if you're any, is there any head coach currently right now that you just think would be desperate because right now there's just no way that you know these good head coach are going to touch that Dolphins job with all these allegations out there is there any way that, that if you're a head coach like an Eric B enemy if you're a I mean, you're, you're starting to run out of candidates at this point but I mean who who potentially would be gaining anything from taking that job I mean is, is there a guy out there I mean I, would you, you know, would you want to take that job right now would you want to be that next guy to follow Brian Flores? I mean, I... Well, it, as I say, it's so hard, too, because, you know, obviously Brian Flores and Stephen Ross really never got along. Stephen Ross also alleged that he wanted to... Or, excuse me, um, Brian Flores also alleged that Stephen Ross wanted him to um, meet with the player, um, a quarterback, a very good quarterback, which, I mean, I think we can all assume that's Sean Watson uh, at the time to meet with him and to, um, you know, try to lure him to the Dolphins, which, of course, is against NFL rules. They would both get fined. Stephen Ross tried to get him to do that multiple times. He said he invited him on his yacht. And then by the time they, they went somewhere, it turned out they had a meeting set up with this so-said quarterback. He never named names. I'm just assuming with all the Deshaun Watson talk that it was Deshaun Watson is who that was. Um, so... I don't know. I, I with Stephen with all the allegations going on right now, with Stephen Ross still being the owner, um, with you know uncertainty everywhere. Um, golly, it, it's hard to think that you would want a head, especially if you're a coach in a successful position, which is who is up for head coaching jobs. It's it's hard to believe you'd want to step into that away from your success and your comfy job you have right now, even if it's higher pay because you could potentially go into a situation where everything crumbles. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't, I honestly don't believe that anything will happen unless they just go get somebody out of the blue. Like I don't even know who they're going to get coached this year because I don't think that this legal situation is going to play out. I mean, it might, it might be two years before we see this play out. It's a legal situation. We know how the courts work. I mean, Deshaun Watson didn't play it at all last year, and we're no closer to figuring out if those 23 allegations or however many there are true or not. So, like, what, you know, these legal situations take forever to play out, and that's what this is right now. It's a lawsuit. So, I don't even know who the Dolphins are going to get for next year, let alone let alone in the future. Who are they going to no. have coaching there? Is Stephen Ross just going to be like, you know what? Owner coach. Yeah. <laughs> Owner coach is him, you know I me. Mean? It's definitely something that we're going to try and keep an eye on, obviously, moving forward. Uh, and, you know, as far as Brian Flores, hopefully he, he lands a job. I mean, I, I think that it was very I untimely, the you know, him accusing and making these allegations right before he gets the interview with the Saints. 
Uh, so now we'll see what happens. You know, does he have to go to court with this? I mean, what kind of legal trouble is he going to try and bring, you know, to try and get on, on his side as far as coming forward? And I mean, how does that affect as far as somebody taking him, you know, as far as bringing him in as their head coach? Uh, personally, as a Saints fan, I would welcome Brian Flores with open arms. Hey, but, you know, I, that's... You know, hey, I, I agree. I think, he's a, I think he's a great coach. I think he, uh, you know, has coached a lot of really bad teams in Miami and gotten them to some wins they shouldn't have won. Um, Absolutely. But 100%. I, I think that right now, if you're a team, you don't really want to get involved. I think the, like, if you're an owner of a team or a GM of a team. I mean, it's hard. I don't, and, and, and Flores stated himself, he's like, look, this is probably going to get keep me from getting an NFL coaching job, at least for a long time. You know, maybe maybe eventually I could if this all turns out to be true. And I, I think, think I that know. speaks, I think what you just said there, Stephen, I think that speaks to how passionate and how probably true some of these allegations have to be. If someone's willing to sacrifice, because Brian Ford, like we, like we keep saying, this guy's a good NFL head coach and he belongs in the NFL as a head coach. If he's willing to sacrifice getting a job like he is, there has to be some kind of truth to what he's I mean, accusing uh, of. Hey, like I'm just talked, saying, has to be. Like we talked about with Brian Harson, where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there is smoke, there is fire. We will leave it at that. Hey, outside of football, there is some big basketball going on. There was some that happened over the weekend and happened during this week. Steven, of course, the Iron Ball round two happened on Tuesday night. Alabama could just got so close in the second half, made it 57-55. And then Auburn, of course, went on another huge run in the second half to kind of create some distance and dropped 100 on the Crimson Tide. Only, I think, the second time a Nate Oates coach team has ever allowed 100 points scored. You so, know, you know, Cole, what's your we, reaction, Steven? So we saw, we talked about last week. Um, go pull up on TikTok if you haven't, because we put out a video of it. Recapping Alabama's problems. Yep. Uh, and we then we saw them play Saturday. Uh, we saw them beat Baylor. Obviously, huge win in Coleman. And then we see them kind of revert back to a little bit of the old ways against Auburn. You know, you saw in that first part of the first half, it was crazy. The first part of the first half looked like Auburn was going to win by 50. And then you get to about the last five minutes of the first half, Bama starts hitting threes. Auburn gets a little sloppy with it. They're, they think they have the lead. They're kind of coasting a little bit. Bama's hitting threes back to back to back to back. They cut it down to 12, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was like 30 at one point. <laughs> so they cut it down to 12. Uh, Aubrey gets fouled with a, like a second left. They get two free throws. It's 14 going to halftime, which, believe it or not, is a huge win for Alabama going to halftime because, again, Auburn looked like they were going to win by 50 or 60 points. Oh, my goodness, They go into the, yes. the beginning of the second half. Alabama, I mean, starting with uh, Quinterly. I mean, Quinterly couldn't miss. Shackleford couldn't miss. They were going, I mean, they were hitting shots. They were defending well. They were swinging, they were moving the ball offensively. They were. And then there was a stoppage of play there, I think, Stephen. You're talking, I think I know where you're going with this. After they cut that lead to 57 55, there was a little bit of a scuffle that happened between the two teams. The officials kind of broke things up. They kind of went their separate ways. And it felt like kind of the momentum that Alabama had, they built up, kind of died. And Auburn fans, and you know, obviously it's it's hard to win Auburn Arena, but that home crowd advantage, the way, they the hyped way, that team up and they went right back on a run. You know, John Rothstein says that, you know, the CBS basketball analyst, I'm welcome to the jungle. The Auburn Seriously. Arena, the way they have it set up, you know, I will say that Auburn Arena, the, the one downside is that there's only about 8,000 tickets or so. So it's about like $700 if you want to get in the lower section. Not cheap, but the way they have it set up with the student section, it is so loud, 
so impossible because the whole lower bowl, it's really only one bowl. It's not even an upper bowl. The whole thing. Yeah, there, there's really not an upper upper level of the stadium. It's literally the just all down on the court. It is Auburn students, too, from, yes. from one side to the other. So it's crazy. Uh, I mean, credit to Auburn. Wendell Green was hitting shot after shot, deep threes. Of course, Auburn's defense is what sets them apart. I mean, it, Walker Kessler, having him to anchor that defense is almost unfair. I think I texted you during the game. I mean, it, it's like every mistake that Auburn has, it's, it's kind of like um, Herb Jones we talked about for Alabama last year. He's kinda the biggest like eraser of all time. He, he, he erases, erases everything. Mistakes. He helps, he helps <laughs> everything, you know? And then, yes. of course, having Jabari Smith, who's 6'10 and super athletic, is on defense as well. Because I even heard during the game, one of the broadcasters was saying that Jabari Smith says when he plays his best is when he's trying his best on defense. When he's playing his hardest on defense is when he's at his best in basketball. Because he's the total package. And I, you know, Auburn right. offensively, they scored 100. Obviously, they're getting shots. But I will say what you will about their offense, their defense. I was watching that Alabama. That's game. where they win their games. Yes. I think that their I defense, agree. honestly, yeah. honestly, right now, if we're talking about right this second, I think that can win the national championship. I think they have right this second, I think they have the best defense in the country. And, you know, they, uh, the old saying goes, defense wins championships. But uh, let's move on from that and let's talk about the upcoming games because I want to touch on the upcoming games before we end this, end this our little uh, our Zoom. You're our right little here. Zoom I'm call. Right. I'm our looking up, but you're, you're actually right here. You're actually right here. Um, I, Auburn doesn't have a big test. They get kind of an easy game coming up with Georgia. I think everybody expects that to be an easy win. Their only SEC win is coincidentally against Alabama. And then, of course, we have Alabama uh, coming up, and they're playing Kentucky. Huge game at Coleman again. Um, so we'll see if, if Alabama continues their roller coaster and they continue. Maybe they can come up and they can beat uh, Kentucky and have another huge win uh, in their belt, in their repertoire, or, or will they revert to their old ways against Auburn? What do you think, Cole? Well, I'll, I'll touch briefly on what about Auburn and their upcoming game. So – Auburn, their next stretch, they are at Georgia, they're at Arkansas, and then they're back home against Texas A&M. And let me just say, a, a loss is coming for this Auburn team because it's it's just hard to win 20 or so games in a row. And I don't, and, and, and personally, I think if you ask Bruce Pearl, he probably would tell you that a loss might be good for them before they get to tournament play um, because you're going to have your bad games, obviously. But I will say this for Auburn. A lot of their big wins have been at home. At, at Auburn and sometimes the whistle is not going to favor you as much at home versus on the road so we'll see what happens when this Auburn team goes to Arkansas and goes to Tennessee and goes to Mississippi State and Florida and whatnot and see how they respond when they're not they're not at the mercy of their own home crowd and and sometimes the whistle I mean we can kind of tell Stephen I mean let's not all act like we're blind witnesses here we know that the home team typically gets the nod especially when it comes to the officiating sometimes so I think Auburn definitely, like all the things you said, they're definitely the best team in the country. And I think that they definitely have the best defense as far as with Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith. Cartwell definitely gives them an edge on the defensive side. Zeb Jasper, definitely a good three-point shooter to back up Wendell Green, who I think is also going to be maybe a first or second round pick in the NBA draft, by, by, you know, followed by Jabari Smith and uh, Walker Kessler. And it all starts with their defense. You're right, because it, able, it enables them to get out in transition and get those open threes and get those wide-open alley-oops after they get some big defensive stops. Uh, but what happens to them when they go outside of Auburn Arena? Because that's, you're, you're not going to play the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament in Auburn Arena. So before I crown them the national champion, I guess what I'm trying to say is 
is let me see them play some big games outside of their home turf and see how they respond because uh, some of the road games they had. I mean, you know, we talk about that Missouri game. I mean, 55-54, Stephen. I mean, that's that's a close game. Ole Miss had Auburn on the ropes, on the road. I mean, that's not a great Ole Miss team by no stretch of the means. So, I mean, how yeah. do they play on the road and outside of Auburn Arena? That's what concerns me is because you don't have to convince me they're the best team at home. They are. That is the best team. You, you are not going to be – you're going to be hard-pressed to find me a way to believe that they're going to lose at Auburn Arena. But what happens in those three games? And that I'm, I'm, I'm circling that game at Arkansas because I think this Hogs team is actually a pretty good SEC team, and they, they bring it at home as well. So we'll find out what Jabari Smith and this Bruce Pearl team – if they can go – if they can win – how many games are left, Stephen? Like, like, would you say like seven? 10 maybe, 7, yeah, something yeah. like that? I would be surprised if, if Auburn only loses about one or two games to finish the season. If that's the case, I mean, we'll see how they finish, but you're right. I think this is definitely a Final Four team. Um, I, I, but I do think that a healthy Kentucky team, and I, and that, that leads me into my talk about Alabama coming up on Saturday. <sighs> Ty, with, with, with Ty Ty Washington and, of course, Wheeler both healthy for this Saturday, it's going to be tough for Alabama to muster up a, a win against them. And I've never felt a game that might be must win. But, Stephen, this might be must win. Because if you look at Alabama's schedule coming up, I mean, where are the wins going to come from? I mean, I, you know, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know, Cole, to be honest. And, and, you know, I mean, Cole, you're, you you're, you're even, looking. You didn't even mention Shebway for, for Kentucky, which, you know, we we talked about. We harped on. Oh, I'm just about guys that weren't healthy against Auburn is what I'm trying to say. Oh, oh guys I know. Injured, but, I, but, but, you know, but, just, you, but you have, you know, you have the big the big man, of course, the, the double-double machine. How Kentucky, is, how is Alabama going to stop him from getting all these? You, you're not. Emails, you that, 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 that's how, Stephen. They're not, they're not going to. They don't have an <laughs> interior guy that is able to match up with them. They're yeah, just, they're so, just not so a Alabama, guy. Alabama don't have has, that guy. Alabama obviously has Kentucky. It's big for their, their tournament hopes. They have and you have them twice. Right. You have they, them twice in the span of five games, Stephen. They do. They, have, they, they play Kentucky at home, at Ole Miss, Arkansas at home, Mississippi State at home, at Kentucky again. Uh, then you have I mean, you don't have a break till Vanderbilt and South Carolina, Stephen. Your next five games are they're tough. Those are they're tough. those are tough games. They're they're those all tough, tough and you know, and and you know, right now I think uh, Lenardi has them as a five uh, seed right now in the tournament. Wow, really a five seed? Wow. They they've Shocking. kind of stuck there. They've stuck there for a while, and I think it's because they have those 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 wins, those, those early wins. resume wins. Yes, and and they they beat Baylor. You know, it's it's like they're they're roller coaster. Like we we talked about Cole. I mean, they they play up to their competition. They really do. And you know, we saw that there was about a ten minute section the the last five minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half where you would have thought Alabama was one of the best teams ever. Because the way they were defending, the way they were hitting shots, the way they were, you know, playing, uh, the type of ball that Nate Oates wants them to play is, is when they're at the best. So let's talk about the the final team in our home state, uh, UAB. I think that we're we're both, you know, we can we can talk about Alabama or Alabama being a roller coaster, Auburn being the number one team in the country. But I think at heart, we're both truly rooting for UAB to make the tournament <laughs> and make a flash. Absolutely, hundred so, percent. UAB obviously a very tough loss. I think I talked about it, Marshall, and I was dumb to talk about it. To be honest, Marshall's not a good team. They're not. I don't know what I was thinking. You jinxed them, Stephen. You jinxed them. I don't know what I was thinking because I said Marshall's gonna be a tough game, but they they shouldn't have been. Uh, Marshall without their best player uh, defeats UAB. 
and had a substantial lead in the first half. I mean, it was a very uh, UAB was very reluctant to cut this to a to a, a deficit that they had at I, one point. I will in the second say, half. Cole, I did hear from Andy Kennedy uh, that they were stuck on the plane coming in for like six hours. Uh, that their wow. two pilots got because of ice, and then their two pilots got COVID. Uh, so I think they had a very tough kind of transition into uh, Marshall. Uh, getting there and everything like that. So I think maybe that played a little bit part of it. They were just not ready to play from that that whole transition into the um, kind of getting there to play. Uh, so maybe that had a little bit to do with it, a little bit of hacticness coming in. But yeah, it didn't look like the UAB team we've seen. Uh, they, they, Certainly they're not, shots. no. They're, their defense, their missing, missing defensive assignments was what really pointed, poked out to me in that game. Uh, and then obviously they have a huge game coming up here Saturday. Middle Tennessee State. Are they at Middle Tennessee State or is it at home? It's at home. This is the Bartow Classic, actually. Huge, so. huge game. Andy Cooney has talked about it. Bartow, they've won a lot with AK. Uh, they won a lot of games in Bartow. So let's see if they can keep it up. And then obviously, of course, they have, I think they still play, uh, do they still play Western Kentucky? I know they play North Texas and then they have uh, Log Pack as well. Uh, so they, they actually already, they already played their one game against Western Kentucky, but they will have to play. Uh, North Texas one more time in Louisiana Tech. You look on UAB schedule, Stephen. I mean, seriously, if, if you because at one point we were talking about. I mean, there was experts that were talking about this too. This is not just me and you just spitballing either. That's UAB alone. <laughs> there was real talk that even if UAB didn't win the Conference USA tournament, that at one time that they might get an at-large bid. Lenardi still has them as their last four out. And I agree. And I, and, I, and I get that. I'm, I'm with him on this. But here's the problem. If you drop any more games like you did on Saturday against Marshall, that's going to eliminate that at-large. Well, I, I, think, I think that, honestly, right now, it, it's eliminated. For all intents and purposes, I think it's eliminated. You lost. You killed yourself. You lost to Rice. You lost to um, a Marshall. You lost to Marshall. Weekend. Two, two uh, bad then, Conference USA teams. You know, they're, not course, good, they're not good teams. West Virginia isn't look, is, is looking down year, and they lost to West Virginia by five, I yep. think. Then you lose to yep. South Carolina by two. Carolina, looking like a down year for them as well. Not looking uh, like a good lose win. To, loss. You lose to, I think, San Francisco. Was it San Francisco or St. Louis? They lose two by two. It's San Francisco. They beat St. Yeah. Louis, but they lost San Francisco, yeah. So you have those losses where it would look really good on your resume if you beat them. Even if they're having a down year, they're, they're name enough to be like, okay, well, at least they beat them, you know, in uh, in Power 5. But, yeah, it's, uh, I think UAB lost their at Let me just tell you, Stephen, look at this schedule. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Because the three toughest games they have, they have at home. And we know the tournament the tournament committee, they value home losses, you know, because they, they, they don't want you to lose at home. They want you to defend your home court. If you lose on the road, they're more forgiving. But you can't, this game against Middle Tennessee State, North Texas, Lost Tech, they're all at home. And yeah. then all these other bad, necessarily bad Conference USA teams, they're on the road. For UAB, I don't think you can drop some more of those. If you want to keep it that last four in, but I don't even know if you can bank on that at this point. Like you said, you might have to just go ahead and assume, look, guys, we're going to have to win out. Go ahead and win the Conference USA tournament. I we're going to have to. I think, I think that if you're AK, if you're, you know, that team, you have to tell them, like, look, we're not getting the at-large. This is a this is a winner go home for that tournament. I think that's what you need to preach going into it. And this, this is winner. This is where you, you know, the men for boys right here, right? You've been picked I to win the so. conference. You've been picked to win the conference all season. You've, you've played some great basketball. You look like one of the best mid-majors. I mean, you've been top 10 in the mid-majors list. Let's let's see what you can do from here and let's, let's 
see us make a make a tournament appearance, see if you can make a splash, win the first game, do something like that. Go back to 2014 when they did it last time. Let's do something like that and really make a splash here and get some get AK some momentum in the uh, recruiting and the transfer portal. Like he, I mean, obviously all most of these players right now are transfers. So let's see if he can you know keep it up with that and then get some success. So before we before we before we I let you go, Stephen. Uh, let's just let's just go next next game and maybe next few games for you know Alabama, Auburn, and UAB. I'll just I'll just walk you through them. We we did this last show, kind of you know their next three games as far as because I I made the prediction. I said one of three for Alabama. And, hey, look, they got they got the Baylor win. So hey, look, there you go. So I think I maybe maybe three, they. So. Maybe they still maybe they still get the uh, the Kentucky when they get two for three. Who knows? Uh, so looking at Auburn, like I said, they have Georgia, they have uh, Arkansas, and then Mississippi State, I believe. Uh, and they're at they, Arkansas. They are at Arkansas. That is their only road game of the three games. Well, no, the Georgia game is uh, on the road as well. I'm sorry. So they're so at Georgia, Georgia. at Arkansas. I'm, I'm sorry, at home against Texas A&M. So those next three games, do you see a three zero a three zero sweep? You know, cool. Like, that would that would extend the that would extend the win streak to what is it now? Is it uh, eighteen games? I was say, it eighteen or eighteen? Yeah. I you know, Cole, with with the points you made earlier, I think I think a two and one stretch. I really do, and that I think that could come and take. I don't think it's going to come to Georgia. Uh, you, no, you, I, don't, I don't think anybody thinks it's going to come against Georgia. You made you made good <laughs> points uh, about the the road uh, team uh, versus the home team. Auburn is. Um, you know, I, I would pick the Arkansas game if I was a betting man. Maybe Texas A&M. Texas A&M has a good team this year. Uh, so let's see there. And then I think Alabama has what? They have Kentucky. Um, then Mississippi State? Or is that Ole Miss? I think it's. I, I think you're right. I think it's Ole Miss. I'm pulling up it right now. Uh, it is Kentucky at Ole Miss. And then they play Arkansas at home. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, for Alabama's um, stakes in the, in the uh, tournament, I would say they need to go two and three in those things, uh, three games at least. I would think so too. Um, so I mean, uh, especially if you drop that game against Kentucky tomorrow, you I really would say need to, yes. You really need to beat Arkansas. You really need to beat uh, Ole Miss. So I would I would say two and three, and then uh, I you know I've been high on UAB all year. Uh, there's no reason. At, okay, so they have Southern Miss at Old Dominion or well, Middle Tennessee this Saturday. Uh, old uh, Southern Miss at home, and then Old Dominion on the road. Uh, there's no reason they shouldn't go three and zero. I think UAB is far and away the best Conference USA team. I think you can point to maybe La Tech, um, maybe North Texas. I think North Texas is one of the top ten mid majors right now. But uh, I think UAB is the most talented. There's no reason they shouldn't. I agree. I agree with everything you said. Two out of three for Alabama. I, I think that's the best you can hope for for Auburn. Two and one. I think that would be a good record for them as well. Even if it, that is a loss at Arkansas, I think even Bruce Pearl would say, "Hey, we'll take it." I think. Wake up, I, call. Of course, for of course for UAB as well. Oh yeah, no, a humble game for sure. I think Bruce Pearl would be totally fine with that. And for UAB, you're right. There's there's really no excuse. Three out of the next three, you should win. There, there's I mean, really no excuse as to why UAB should lose. You're right. So. Absolutely. Well, I think that will wrap it, wrap it up for this uh, this Zoom uh, this Zoom show. Um, so maybe we'll do more of these in the future. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some uh, get some better mics and uh, do some more of these in the future and get some more maybe quick hitters in there too. So maybe maybe I, more, I love it. More content so. for the people. So more content for the people. If you haven't already, go subscribe to our YouTube. Go listen to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Go follow us on TikTok. Uh, we've, we're making those now. 
uh, we're, 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 we're there. Eventually, I get, I'll get cold. And, and, and make sure, make sure they, everybody knows, uh, tune in next week for, we're going to have a full Super Bowl breakdown yes, next week. Yes. We'll have, we'll come to you guys live and we'll make sure we get everything going we'll break, to you guys. We'll, we'll also break down the games from last weekend. We didn't really have time for this one, but we'll break down those games just briefly. We'll go into who we think will win and why. Full Super Bowl breakdown and then whatever. Whatever news breaks out, uh, we'll, we'll see. From we'll wait on. and see. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, go follow us on all social media, Under Review 24-7, everywhere you find us, Under Review Pod. And uh, we will see you guys next week.